come from Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Going through verse 25, then we'll skip over to 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. If you have your Bibles with you or would like to follow along, the scriptures are printed in the digital version of the bulletin, either in the uh, um, service, uh, order of service section, or in the sermon outline section of the digital bulletin. They are there as well, and they will be each week for you um, if you are using the digital version. Or you can follow along on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. And then we skip over to 1 John chapter 4, beginning in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God. And they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God. And God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this way that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Friends, this is... Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. One afternoon, a young man named Shea and his father walked past the park where there were some boys playing baseball. And Shea asked his father, do you think they will let me play too? And Shea's father knew that the boys likely would not want Shea to play with them. 
but he understood that if his son were chosen to play, that it would mean the world to him and give him a comfortable sense of belonging. And so Shea's father approached one of the boys in the field and asked if Shea could play. And the boy uh, looked around for, for guidance from his teammates. Of course, getting none. You know how boys are. He said, yeah, we're losing by three runs. The game's in the eighth inning. I guess he can be on our team. We'll even try to get him in at bat. In the bottom of the ninth inning, you know the, you, you know the situation, right? With two outs, the bases loaded, Shea was scheduled to, ba to, to bat. Surprisingly, Shea uh, was given the bat. Everyone knew it was all but impossible. But Shea didn't even know how to hold the bat properly, let alone how to hit with it. However, as Shea stepped up to the plate, the pitcher moved a few steps in in order to lob the ball softly. The first pitch came in and Shea swung clumsily and missed. One of Shea's teammates came up to Shea together. They held the bat and helped him hold the bat as they stood and waited for the pitcher. The pitcher again took a few steps forward to toss the ball slowly towards Shea. And as the pitch came in, Shea and his teammate together swung and together they hit a slow ground ball right back to the pitcher. The pitcher picked it up and he could easily have thrown the ball to first base and gotten Shea out and, and won the game. But instead, instead, the pitcher looked at Shea and he reared back and threw a big long arc down into the alley in right field. Everyone started yelling, Shea, run to first, run to first. Never in his life had Shea run to first, y'all. He scampered down the base wide-eyed, trying to figure out what was happening. He touched first base, and everyone yelled, Shea, run to second, run to second. The right fielder picked up the ball. He could have easily thrown Shea out. Instead, he threw it way over the second baseman's head. And he threw the ball so high that even the third baseman couldn't catch it. And everybody said, Shea, run to third. Run to third. Shea ran and ran and ran. And as he got to third, he rounded in. And both teams now started screaming, Shea, run home. Run home. Shea ran home. He scored, and all 18 boys lifted Shea on their shoulders, shouting his name as he had just hit the game-winning grand slam. Shea will remember that moment, would remember that moment the rest of his life. As his life ended not long after that. Folks, this is... This is the type of love that Paul is describing in talking about the first trait in the itemized list of fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians. And today we begin a new worship series for the summer on the fruit of the Spirit where we're going to take a look at each one and answer a corresponding question with that fruit. Today we begin the first 
obviously we're talking today about love. And the question is, when does love win? When does love win? To set some, uh, some ground rules, as it were, for this series, the, the, what I mean and what I'm talking about when I mention the fruit of the Spirit, the definition, I guess, we're going to use throughout this series for the fruit of the Spirit is this. The fruit of the Spirit is, are those actions which show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Okay? It's the actions which show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. As a Christian, these are the actions which people should witness in us in our daily living. This is the place to start whenever we're seeking to live a life that is centered around the life of Jesus Christ. Our goal as Christians should be to live as Jesus lives. And we learn how to do that through this fruit. That which is produced by living a life that is guided by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Then let's move on as we start the list off with love. This love translated in this scripture. First off, there, there are many definitions of love. There are many definitions of love in scripture. There are many definitions of love in life. But we're going to focus on one solitary definition of love in this scripture today. And that is the love that is used in this scripture. And it is translated agape. Everybody say agape. And this love means this. Agape is an unconditional, unending kind of love. And it comes only by way of the Holy Spirit. It is an unconditional, never-ending, non-favoritism kind of love. And it comes only by way of the Holy Spirit. Agape is a noun... And agape is also a verb. If we change it from agape to agapeo, everybody say agapeo, it is then becomes a verb. Folks, listen to this. Love is a decision that we make and it is an action we take. Love is a decision that we make and it is an action that we take. In 1 John today, we learn a couple of important aspects about this agape love. First, this love was created by God, and it comes only from God. It was created by and comes only from God. And secondly, God literally is love. This was the first memory verse I ever learned in vacation Bible school. And you want to know why? It's not because it's short. It's because it is that important to all people. God is love. John powerfully makes the point that love in all of its forms has its beginning in God. Folks, without God, we don't have love. Love and God go, go so hand in hand that love is literally wrapped up in God's identity. Love is who God is. God is 
love. You think we've hammered that home enough? (laughs) It's that important, y'all. Love is so much at the core of who God is that God would sacrifice his son out of love for guess who? For me and for you and every person who has ever lived and who will ever be born. God is love. Folks, Jesus is the greatest example of love this world will ever know. And there will never be another. Everything Jesus did in life and in death was out of his great love for us. Love explains why God creates. God loves, so God created people for the single solitary purpose, and that is to love. Love explains why God cares. Because God created us out of God's love, God cares about people. Love explains then why we have free will. God wants us to choose to love God back. Love explains why Jesus lived, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven. God's love for us is so great that God wanted to create a solution to our problem of sin. Uh, And love explains why we have eternal, everlasting life. God's love is unfailing. God's love is unwavering. God's love is unconditional. And God's love never fails. I want you to notice something else today. I want you to notice what John uh, says here in the scripture out of 1 John. I want you to notice specifically that John says God is love. He doesn't say love is God. What's the difference? I'm glad you asked. Folks, the world's view on love has become so superficial and self-serving that it has skewed our understanding of love. This is a word that has been thrown around society like a wet sack of potatoes. It has wrongly been used to describe selfish sexual lust. It's been given as an excuse for passively enabling terrible sins to continue in the lives of loved ones. It's been seen as an uncontrollable emotion that leads to destructive behavior or as empty words thrown back and forth with no substance and no meaning whatsoever. The world would have us think that love is simply something that makes us feel good and that on one end it's acceptable to surrender moral values or on the other end that it's okay to infringe upon certain unalienable rights to obtain such love. But folks, listen closely. That is not authentic agape love it's selfishness it's sin corrupted self-serving kind of love and God is not that kind of love someone say amen in genuine love folks is easy to discern and to pick out right it's easy it's limited it's limited it has limitations 
inauthentic love is, is guarded. It's a love that has conditions attached to it. Inauthentic love says, I will love you, however, you have to love me in return. If I do something for you, what will you do for me? What's in it for me, right? Always the human question, what's in it for me? That's what makes it selfish. It often involves bargaining or asking the question, what do I get out of it? Our, our, our modern culture is so committed to self-service that someone once wrote this following comedic and humorous prayer. It says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my Cuisinart to keep. I pray my stocks are on the rise and that my analyst is wise. That all the wine I sip is white and that my hot tub's watertight. That racquetball won't get too tough. That all my sushi's fresh enough. I pray my cell phone still works. That my career won't lose its perks. My microwave won't radiate. My condo won't depreciate. I pray my health club doesn't close and that my money market grows. If I go broke before I wake, I pray my Volvo they won't take. You know, no matter what we call it, no matter how we dress it up, no matter what others think it is, if it is motivated by desire to selfishly service one's own desires, it is not genuine, authentic, agape love. It can't last if it's motivated by the flesh and if it's not of God. It doesn't even match the definition of love. It, it, it's more tolerance than it is love if it's self-serving folks this is not the kind of love that wins this is not the kind of love that God gave us the agape love that comes only by way of the Holy Spirit love wins when it's genuine love wins when it's authentic love wins when it is agape love Love wins when it is the love that Jesus described in John chapter 15 when he says, this is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give one's life for one's friends. That is agape love. It is the love God demonstrated to us through Jesus Christ. God wins when it goes unimaginable lengths just as in the story of one man named Thomas Vanderwood. Thomas Vanderwood and his wife Mary Ellen had seven children. And by the time they were expecting uh, their seventh, the couple was in their 40s. And so the chance of birth defects, as you, as you can guess, are, are higher. And their seventh child, Josie, was born with Down syndrome. Chris Vanderwood, one of the sons, says it didn't matter that Josie had Down syndrome. He was my father's son, and that was the only reason my father needed to love him. Thomas Sr. demonstrated that love one tragic morning in 2008. Thomas Sr. and Josie were playing in the yard, and Josie fell into a broken septic tank, which at eight feet deep was extremely dangerous. 
Thomas Sr. tried to grab his son, but it was fruitless. Immediately, he lowered himself into the tank, and because he couldn't keep Josie's head above the water line and keep himself above as well, he decided to hold his breath. He decided to dive underneath and hoist Josie up on his shoulders so that Josie could keep breathing. By the time that the rescuers arrived, Thomas Sr. had already died saving the life of his young son. Love wins when it goes unimaginable lengths for the people that we care about the most. Love wins when it goes to unimaginable lengths for the people we've never met. The relevant matter in love winning is our motivation. Do we want to better the good of another? Did we act in a way that Jesus would have acted? When we love one another, the invisible God whose true nature of love was made visible through Jesus is revealed to others through us. And then and only again, God's love is made complete. Folks, it's easy to say that we love God when that love doesn't cost us anything more than a weekly check-in. But the real test of our love for God is how we treat the people who are right in front of us, our friends, our family, and especially those who society would outcast. We cannot truly claim to love God while failing to love our brothers and our sisters who are all created in God's image. Love wins when we demonstrate our love for God through our actions with others and when those actions line up with those of Jesus Christ. That's when love wins. How have you seen love win in your life? How, how have you uh, demonstrated from that? How has that been demonstrated for you? How has agape love, unconditional, unwavering love that comes only by way of the Holy Spirit from God directly, how has that won in your life? How are you passing it on today? Author Josh McDowell writes this. He says, tolerance says, you must approve of what I do. Love responds, I must do something harder. I will love you even when your behavior offends me. Tolerance says, you must agree with me. Love says, I must do something harder. I will tell you the truth because I am convinced the truth will set you free. Tolerance says, you must allow me to have my way. Love responds, I must do something harder. I will plead with you to follow the right way because I believe you are worth the risk. Tolerance seeks to be inoffensive. Love takes risks. Tolerance glorifies division. Love seeks unity. Tolerance costs nothing. Love 
everything is exactly what God paid for you, for me, and for every person outside those doors because God is love. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and the Holy Spirit. closing hymn this morning, our hymn of invitation, our, our call to action and how we would take that action is he touched me. We were all touched by God's love the moment God created the world. The moment that God entered this world as Jesus, God touched us again. The moment that we said, God, I want to love you back because you first loved me. He touched us again. How are we going to touch God back today? How are we going to reach out and accept the touch of God? Whatever you need in this moment, if that's you, pray that prayer. God, I love you because you first loved me. That, light, that prayer there immediately causes love to win. And from that, love can win over and over and over again in your life or in the life of someone else that you know. He touched me. Page 367 in the hymnal or on the screen in front. We'll sing both verses of our...